Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode two of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department and a host of the podcast. And the first thing I want to do is give a big thanks to everyone who downloaded and listened to episode one. We really appreciate your support of this podcast, and we encourage you to share it with all your friends and neighbors so that together we can ignite a movement to grow healthy and hope-filled communities around the globe. Today, you're going to hear our students, Nia, Tati, and Cindy, talk with Professor Charity Bishop. Charity is an expert in community organizing, and she's going to share her practical wisdom and skill-building ideas to bring community members together. Because in that process, you're going to learn that when they come together and they identify priorities and they identify solution strategies to address these priorities, magic and wonder happens and communities grow and develop and flourish. So hey, let's join the conversation and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Thadi. I'm Nia. I'm Cindy. And today we have faculty member from the Fairbanks School of Public Health, Charity Bishop. So today's topic is going to be community organizing, and we are going to start off with some questions for you. First one, community organizing began in the U.S. in the late 1930s and grew rapidly in the 1960s and 70s. Can you tell us what community organizing is from a public health perspective? Sure. Well, community organizing is a pretty broad issue, but it's really one of the ways we look at how we can affect the health of a community. So community organizing is is sort of a way to bring people together to solve problems and improve health outcomes. So we could kind of look at there's all these different factors that can influence the health of a community. We could look at environmental factors, um, physical factors, social and cultural factors. There's all these different ways we could sort of find topics to address certain issues um, that impact public health. And community organizing is sort of one of those things. It's bringing people together to help them figure out what their issues are and how they can work collectively together to solve them. And so it's um, kind of a way we look at at health outcomes is, is that's like its own method and approach to solving health issues. Yeah, it sounds like it's uh, quite a few topics that you can encompass. So can you please tell us on how you begin uh, the process of community organizing? So community organizing usually begins, and this is with just about any topic out there, it begins with recognizing what the issue is. So oftentimes there's this person um, that's like an initial organizer. They have something that they're passionate about. They've experienced something. Um, that they're the ones who say there there is this issue and I want to do something about it. So usually the process starts with that initial organizer of someone just recognizing an issue. It may be a professional that's recognizing that issue, like someone 
from a health department that's reviewing data and says, wow, we've got a big problem with X going on in our community, or um, you know, they're, they're looking at community health issues, and, and I should reference clearly community health is my focus in terms of community organizing, so I'm, I'm always kind of looking at that health impact. Um, but it could be a professional looking at that too, if they recognize an issue and, and they're saying we as professionals who work in this area want to do something about it. But I think the process pretty much always is beginning with that recognition of there's an issue and somebody is bringing it forward saying let's do something about this. Mm-hmm. And so for this person or a team to tackle an issue like you were talking about, what kind of resources are needed to start organizing? So most of the time that depends on the issues. Um, and that's very broad, the complexity of the issue at hand. But pretty much the main resource that's always needed for community organizing is people. People bring a wealth of assets and talents to the table when addressing any sort of community-based problem or issue that needs to be resolved. So um, we, we always think of resources oftentimes in terms of financial resources, and that comes into play quite a bit when we're looking at addressing community issues. But People are essential to the community organizing process and getting people involved, utilizing their skills, their strengths, um, helping people to become empowered around issues. So I'd say one of the, the main resources that's always needed is, is going to be people. So going off of that, um, we talk about how to improve our communities and how to, to like accomplish all of these tasks. Um, so how would you, how do you ensure that the goals that you're setting are resident driven um, when it comes to community change? So th- the biggest thing I think kind of is, is like the previous question um, really is the residents have to be engaged in the entire process. So people being at that, at the forefront of community organizing, um, you're going to always see, pretty much always see more impactful change when the change that's occurring, that's um, sort of being put upon people, we could say, if they're involved in making that change happen. So um, having the goals being resident driven is usually most effective if the residents are part of that goal making process. So getting residents involved from the beginning, they're involved in the assessment process, helping to determine what exactly is going on, um, all the issues surrounding the bigger issue. And so if they're involved in the process and collecting information and getting more people involved and sort of expanding the the breadth of uh, or the scope of how interventions can be planned or how something can be be implemented to make change happen, um, you know, it's it's going to probably have a more effective outcome. So then switching gears just a little bit, um, your career, it spans a variety, um, I know, of community health education and health promotion um, areas, including community organizing. Um, So what sparked your interest in community organizing? Well, I guess part of it is being that my background is a community health focus, community organizing is really at the crux of community health. So when we look at what do we want to do to improve health outcomes or um, make people's lives better, improve health in that regard, we can always look at, well, how can we organize people to solve those problems? So uh, I think part of a personality that's very typical in people who work in community health 
um, is that they're they're outgoing, they're people, like a people person, so to speak. Um, and I think I've been that way. And I can think back in my younger years or in, in school or in my career, I was sort of one that was always interested in being involved in processes. So kind of finding that field um, worked very well for me, that community health involves that that methodology of bringing people together, planning, um, how do we develop systems, put things in place to address and solve health issues. So I, I don't really know that I have one specific incident that I could say this is what sparked it for me, but in thinking back to everything that I've done throughout my career and with my education, it really is that foundation is, is how do we organize to solve problems. Um, so I know there are often some obstacles that uh, community organi organizers bump into. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the do's and don'ts for commu community organizing? Well, I guess in, when you think of do's and don'ts, um, it's, it's kind of like looking at all those things that we want to do correctly and sort of just making sure we're not doing the opposite of that. Um, one thing is not forgetting steps in the process. So. We work a lot in, in, in teaching, and I clearly work a lot with teaching students sort of the, the process. There's, there's not an absolute step-by-step. -step. You always have to do things a certain way if you're going to organize. Um, but there are systems and logical patterns to accomplishing things, and we don't want to forget to do certain things. For instance, it's critical once we recognize an issue and once we see that there are people involved and we're bringing together more people and we're engaging stakeholders and so forth that we really do a thorough assessment. So we don't want to jump right into let's plan and, and we, we tend to want to do that. We want to jump right into let's do this, let's do that and let's um, do these interventions and plan these programs when maybe we haven't thoroughly assessed what all is surrounding an issue. So that's a, a common thing that, that I've seen happen um, because we get very passionate about wanting to solve our problems and address the issues and sometimes we need to step back and say what's really going on, what's the best way to do this, um, the best way to utilize resources and that kind of thing. So um, that's definitely one thing we have to be cautious of. Um, it's very very common in our in our organizing process. We, we assess and then we set our goals and objectives and we plan what we want to do with our interventions and we implement things and it's very critical that we evaluate and that's oftentimes a step that's skipped because we're so happy that we accomplished something and we've done these things but we don't always stop and measure um, were we effective we just because we did something doesn't mean it changed something or um, impacted the um, the issue in the way that we wanted it to. So evaluation is very important in a community organizing process. So I think in terms of do's and don'ts, there's just a lot of things like that, is making sure that we're respecting the processes that are in place. We're thinking about those different steps that um, that are there and sort of tried and true in, in our methods and in our planning models and so forth, and that we're making sure to to think through those as best we can and not skipping around and leaving things out as we're going. But again, I think people is one of the most crucial things that we're, we're listening to people, we're getting feedback from people, we're thinking about who are our gatekeepers in communities and what are their thoughts on things and um, people are part of the process and feel empowered to make change happen, that we're not 
putting ourselves upon an issue and trying to force a change um, that people don't feel that they're a part of. Charity, it seems like you've been uh, very involved in community organizing. Um, what are some of the initiatives that you've seen or been part of recently? So one of the, I guess recently one of the main things that I work with right now uh, in my own community is probably more on neighborhood development. So, uh, and I think this is a, a trend that's been going on in recent years in um, communities is in the community I live in, which is a mid-sized city, um, we are, there's a neighborhood organization that, um, or community organization that's focused on helping neighborhoods sort of help themselves. And so one thing that's happening with this group is we're one, we're trying to help neighborhoods across the city have a neighborhood organization. So there are a lot of neighborhoods that don't have a, whatever title they want to give it, a neighborhood association or neighborhood organization or some sort of group that um, is involved in making neighborhoods better or working to improve. So we're trying to help neighborhoods establish a neighborhood organization. And then, um, if or if they do already have a neighborhood organization, um, we're working to help them with whatever it may be based on where they are in the process. So some neighborhoods are small, some are very large, some have um, very diverse residents, some do not, some have retail and residential within their neighborhoods, some are strictly residential. So it's looking at what sort of assets exist within neighborhoods and then helping the neighborhoods sort of tap into that. Um, I know for instance, like in, in the neighborhood I live in, we have had a lot of organization in the past few years with beautification efforts. So looking at what little common space we have in the neighborhood or shared space and how could we make that safe, make it attractive, um, you know, with new planting, new landscaping, things like that, um, engaging the neighbors more in connectedness so we have something like we've coordinated a 4th of July parade and picnic so the kids in the neighborhood can, you know, ride, kind of put on a parade for the rest of the neighborhood and ride their bikes and scooters and decorate and things like that, um, just to have more connectedness in the neighborhood. Other neighborhoods that are substantially larger than mine, they're focused on things more like public safety, improving sidewalks, you know, those are priority issues. So this community organization that I work with, it's, it is just helping neighborhoods with wherever they are at their point in the process. Um, so some of them were helping develop assessments. Um, surveys of residents or uh, maybe it's with technology getting websites set up or social media platforms so they can better communicate with their residents putting together neighborhood newsletters so those types of things I think are probably some of the most recent things I'm working with in terms of community organizing or some of these initiatives um, but again I think it's kind of just an underlying theme in the work that I've done over the years so um, I kind of feel like I've been a part of the process no matter what I've worked with you know issues like with the cancer society and so forth it's still there's community organizing that goes on no matter what the topic right and like you said uh, resident driven goals are very important for community organizing so that's good absolutely um, more recently community organizing efforts has played a key role in changing policies on local and national levels how can community organizing best influence policy changes so one thing to keep in mind I think when it looks when we look at influencing policy are some of the principles of engagement so we look at community organizing a big piece of that is community engagement 
Um, it's not commanding change, but engaging people so that they want to see change happen. So something like policy is something that the communities want to have happen because they're seeing the positive outcomes from that. So when I, I think when you look at community organizing best influencing policy change, the important piece of that is the community engagement piece. So again, bringing people together around the issue is critical and then building that critical mass. So having more people engaged in the process and supporting the issue and wanting that change so that then advocating for some sort of policy is just a natural next step. Um, again, versus something being forced upon people that they're not expecting and not prepared for, um, very difficult to see that being embraced versus that engagement happening from the beginning. Those are all good points. Um, and lastly, do you have any advice for current or future community organizers? So one of the things that I think is critical is keeping in mind that the small steps can eventually lead to a bigger payoff. Um, making change happen is not simple. It doesn't happen overnight. And um, following the process, knowing that it's a process, there's not a flip the switch, you have a result type of um, outcome. And you know, I say this all the time in class to students and, and just about any aspect that we're usually dealing with pretty complex issues multiple people, multiple things playing into causes and, and outcomes and so forth. And complex problems don't have simple solutions. So we have to look at how can we start making steps towards improvement, following those community organizing processes, knowing that eventually we will start seeing change happen. And um, sometimes those small outcomes start adding up to pretty big things over time. So not forgetting that. I think it's it's easy to get overwhelmed with the magnitude of our issues that we're trying to address sometimes in our communities and um, a lot of times it's just getting the process started. Getting the process started and sort of plucking away at it and then later you look back and think wow we've really accomplished a lot. Um, so not getting too overwhelmed, being willing to break down bigger problems into smaller manageable pieces is probably one of the easiest things I can think of to a sort of approaching the issues and getting started. All right, well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Charity, for spending a few minutes to talk to us about community organizing. You're welcome.